What's New in the Gender Wars, Canada's leading general in the gender wars, joins me tonight to give us an update. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. Honestly, we should put that on David Menzies' business card. <laughs> General in Canada's gender wars. You know, he is an Archie Bunker lovable regular dude. A dad of two boys, by the way. No girls. And yet, he's one of the leading individuals in this country with, I think, the largest platform sticking up for women and girls. David Menzies is sticking up for daughters like mine out there as he fights for fairness on the sports field and for privacy rights for teenage girls. And it is a story that is traveling around the world. David is doing outside appearances on American networks, some of the biggest American networks, some of the biggest American podcasts. It's being discussed by the likes of Joe Rogan and Matt Walsh, and yet not even touched by the mainstream media here in Canada because they're too scared, because as you know how Justin Trudeau feels about the transgender community, that if it's trans, it's good, and if it's good, it's trans, and there's no other viewpoint. So if you want to keep your funding from Justin Trudeau, you better shut up and go along with what the boss says. And that, I think, is why there's such... Uh, singular viewpoint from the mainstream media on this issue. And so joining me tonight in an interview we recorded last night in Calgary at a documentary screening is my friend David Menzies. We had a little chat. Lighting's not great, but David's probably better. You know what? We're both probably better (laughs) under soft lighting. Take a listen. fan favorite uh, of viewers of the gun show. I wanted to talk to you about the latest developments in the trans sanity beat. Um, So we've moved from uh, rugby and now we've got swimming. Yes. Now we've got volleyball. Correct. Tell us about the volleyball stuff because that seems to be the newest thing because it's not just one team cheating. Now it's two teams cheating and women being completely shut out altogether. I think the latest news, Sheila, is the president and CEO of Centennial College, Dr. Craig Stevenson, who has this um, knack of describing himself as a white, straight, cisgender male. So Um, just normal. 
Just normal, but <laughs> by the left, by the progressive left point of view, it's incredibly privileged, and he probably should step down so that you know if uh, someone who identifies as female or a person of color can have his job. But anyways, he released this statement, and I urge your viewers to go check it out. Basically, he's talking about uh, the visit uh, that Avery Armstrong, my camera woman, and I paid to Centennial to cover this allegedly female varsity uh, volleyball game in which there were no fewer than five males on the court. And supposedly, us asking those questions caused so much trauma that if you didn't know Dr. Stevenson was talking about a volleyball game. Sheila, I swear to you, you would think it was about a mass shooting on campus. Yeah. In fact, at the end, the piece de la resistance is um, all these links for mental health and LGBT resource centers. So if you were traumatized either by... Um, eyewitnessing our visit or seeing the video, you can reach out to these mental health professionals and get counseling. It's absolutely amazing. Looking at you was the least disturbing thing of that, of that video. And, and you know, there's a, a side story in all of this because it's not just a bunch of male grifters or mediocre men replacing women on a sports team. This is a university level sports team which means that there are girls who could have had a scholarship to play on that team that just aren't getting it because guys in ponytails are a hundred percent and if there was any uh traumatic behavior and by the way sheila we must thank dr stevenson uh from the bottom of our hearts because he gave rebel news the best advertising there is in his statement he urges uh students and everyone else either to not watch or share the video. When you see someone like that saying, don't watch it, what is your- I mean, Streisand effect. <laughs> no, so thank you so much, Dr. Stevenson. But if you look at it too, um, all the vulgarity, all the rudeness was um, in, you know, encountered by Avery and I. You were the recipients of exactly, it. Exactly, including that member of the Rainbow community. I don't know what he is, but he said words, and I'll clean it up for your show. I hope you rot in hell, you white, racist piece of blank and first of all what does race have to do with it and race was never raised and this man he looked like a biological man was literally trying to punch out Avery he was prevented from doing so by security so here you got someone uh, using the race card um, which race was never part of the issue um, using vulgarity and I guess hope hopefully trying to carry out misogyny the funniest thing Sheila and I'll clean up the language again, is when he said to Avery, um, do you think just because you have a vagina that makes you a, f a woman? I believe that checks the box. You know, I think that's the benchmark. <laughs> I think that's the, you know, that's the home run. You've rounded yeah. uh, home plate. And, uh, but, you know, Dr. Stevenson doesn't mention that or the fact that, the you know, these cronies were trying to block our filming yeah. or the fact that you see when I'm doing the uh, stand-up and close, uh, a player tried to deliberately spike a ball off me and uh, and missed um so like you know which is really an act of violence i sure. mean if he connected that could hurt you and that was the point of us going there these male players we know have injured have given female players concussions by spiking the ball off their heads again 
That's not diversity, equity, and inclusion, Sheila. That is garden variety misogyny. But Dr. Stevenson has nothing to say about that, does he? I want to talk to you a little bit, though, about the statement of uh, Stevenson, because, you know, for you and I, I would say, go look at the video and see for yourself, because the video tells the story. It shows these very obviously biologically male players. It shows the poor behavior of the other side. It shows the unsportsmanlike behavior trying to spike the ball at you. It shows exactly the bad behavior of the other side. And I think that's why he doesn't want people to see it. He's telling people, don't don't you dare go look at it yeah. because it shows us in our natural element. You know what? I think you're right. He's mixing up who the villains are and who the bad guys are. Well, that's why he can't let them see it, right? Because exactly. it shows who the bad guys are. A hundred percent. But moving on from volleyball, and of course we had the follow-up video where we went to the Seneca campus in King mm-hmm. City. And again, talk about an active shooting. There were so many security guards um, dispatch there. I thought maybe something traumatic had happened, but no, they were there for us. And we were frog marched out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my camera member, Itzio and I, because mm-hmm. according to them, our values uh, don't align with theirs. And, you know, it's funny, Sheila, I thought universities, colleges, I thought these were, you know, the grounds for debate, you know, right. whatever the, the most contentious issues imaginable, capital punishment, abortion, and so on. But no, right now, if you don't think in lockstep, you're not welcome here. Not just not welcome there. If you don't have uh, like complete homogeneity of political worldview, you can't watch a volleyball game. Indeed. And um, even though this is a taxpayer funded facility, right? And there was also this uh, malarkey. uh, You weren't giving an invite. And I said at one point, well, all these people in the stands, were they all given invites? And that was met with silence. The answer is no. (laughs) So they're making up as they go along. Just today, I spoke to April Hutchinson Mm. and she delivered a bombshell. Um, Ann Andrews, the um, uh, gender-bending grifter who is uh, going into female powerlifting in Canada. Um, Sorry, before you go on, he's the reason April is banned for a year. Because he took to his social media and mocked the women he was beating. Yes. And April complained about it to the powerlifting union. They didn't do anything. So she did the same thing. She went to her social media and expressed her outrage. Guess who gets banned? It's April, not the ba- the male who's mocking the women. It is outrageous, but and and you're right. Uh, it was originally two years. It was reduced to one. It shouldn't even be one no. second. I mean, all April was doing was stating a fact. Uh, but in this society, we have uh, an unpopular opinion gets you cancelled. And the fact of the matter is, April said that. Ann Andrews is trying to get around any kind of rules or regulations preventing trans women from competing with the real woman in female powerlifting. And Sheila, you're not going to believe this. What he is saying now, and I think this is ample evidence there's mental illness at play, or this guy is just such a nefarious individual. He is saying, I am not trans. Oh, that's interesting. No, I was born as a woman, yeah, as a, with a penis, uh, but a woman. So he is actually having the audacity, the chutzpah to say, uh, I never transitioned. I was always a, a, a female. Are, are the Canadian powerlifting people going to let him get away with this too? You know, they just might. 
uh, and I, we should say that though April was suspended for a year, yes. she did change the powerlifting union rules going forward yes. so that gender bending grifters, as you say, like yeah. Ann Andrews, are, are not allowed to compete, which is why Ann is now claiming that he was just born a woman just like me. Um, there's no end to which these people will force us all to participate in their delusions. No, uh, there isn't. And uh, let's talk about the other fiasco. That is Ash Davis. This is the male rugby player. And I found out from a source, Sheila, that um, recently they had their banquet and uh, Ash Davis showed up in, like in an evening gown. And uh, he did that last year too, remember? <laughs> yeah. You know, at least I'll give props to Busty Lemieux. At least he's trying to look like a female, albeit a grotesque caricature of one with the Z cup breasts and the blonde wig. But at least he's, you know, employing the props of femininity. This guy uh, it barely, you know, mails it in. But um, the, now where was I going? Oh, this was very interesting, Sheila. They did, he is clearly the most um, complete physical specimen on that team because he is a man. But the team did not award him the hardest hitting trophy, which he won the previous season. On as the, a dude. As a dude. <laughs> they gave it to a female player. And the reason, Sheila, is that they're making the, uh, the narrative here that, you see, even though he's a biological male, mm. he has no physical advantage. It was a, a biological female that won the hardest hitting trophy, although it's a complete farce. It's a lie. You know, and I think you're you're moving the needle on these issues. Um, I think your advocacy for April Hutchinson helped her push that in the right direction, just giving her a platform. But now you're inspiring some parents to come forward. You know, we've we've constantly said, where are the parents? Yes. Um, when these biological male, for example, swimmers are swimming as 13-year-old girls when they're 50-plus-year-old men, you've got a mom that came forward. Tell us about that. And Nina Luchka, a wonderful lady um, herself. She's involved in uh, bodybuilding, and maybe that was the impetus to, for her to take a stand for her 14-year-old daughter who swims in southern Ontario as well. And and yeah, finally, Mama Bear woke up. Nina granted uh, us uh, almost an hour of her time to talk about um, Nicholas Sapita. And there was two things. I was always curious, um, you know, because I could never get parents on camera. They'd run away. They'd give me stink eye. I was thinking, are they uber woke and they're considering me the, the, gunk, the skunk to the garden party? Um, or are they just too afraid to go on camera? It's the latter. They're too afraid to go on camera. Nina tells me that all the parents, all the children, they can't stand this guy uh, getting into the pool, getting into the change room, getting into the showers. And uh, so that was gratifying. It, it's really a fear out of, you know, cancel culture. Sure. The second thing, and this pertains to, you know, Ash Davis not winning the hardest hitting trophy, Sheila, is that uh, Nina's been watching the times of Nicholas Sapita very closely, and he's actually getting slower. Hmm. And she says she believes that this is him purposefully tanking. 
So he's, you know, he's not coming in for second or third. He's mm -hmm. coming in fourth, fifth or sixth. Again, it's to um, build the argument that me as a biological male, uh, decades older than the other uh, swimmers, I do not have a an advantage in the pool. But Sheila, sports is all about winning. It's all about getting to the podium, getting the trophy, getting that blue ribbon. So I'm thinking out loud here, is his real impetus, is his real unspoken strategy just to get into the change room and shower in order to be this perverse voyeur that I truly believe, uh, you know, he is. Yeah, it makes you wonder the motivation. In a world plagued by conformity, where truth is distorted, freedom is a distant memory, and Big Brother is always watching. One man, Winston Smith, looks to break through his bleak existence. Introducing the all-new Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of George Orwell's iconic book, 1984. Now, more than ever, in the age of lockdowns, 15-minute cities, and World Economic Forum globalism, everyone must read 1984. Uncover the hidden depths of this literary classic with our exclusive illustrated edition that brings Orwell's haunting vision to life, reborn with a foreword by Ezra Levant and 30 captivating new illustrations by artist Paul Revoche. You see that Orwell is not only explaining what might come, but in my opinion, what's already here, even back when he wrote it in 1949, but much more so as we see revealed today, particularly with the last three years. Join the rebellion against conformity. Get your hands on the Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of 1984, now available at buy1984.com. We are at Canyon Meadow Cinema. We're just about to screen a documentary. People are starting to show up. So uh, this show will be a little shorter than normal, and we're going to wrap it up. Um, but not before I ask David Menzies what he thinks about Premier Daniel Smith making her announcements that children will not be medically transitioned um, at all. They will not be given cross-sex hormones until they are at least 16 with the consent of their parents, that teachers will not be able to socially transition children in the classroom without the consent of their parents, and that biological men will have to compete with biological men and biological women will compete with biological women. This is more impetus, um, Sheila, to prove, I think, that Premier Smith is the best premier in an in entire dominion. She, This is a common sense, logical, factual approach. She's putting her foot down. And as much as I love and applaud what Daniel Smith has done, I am even furthermore appalled yeah. that Premier Ford was quick out of the gate to say, oh, no, we're not going down that route. And this is a government, Sheila. This is a party. If you recall back in 2018, when uh, the Ford PCs were right. originally elected, they were taking a stance against the radicalized sex education curriculum by the McGinty Wynn governments. I would argue, and I think I could argue successfully, that the sex ed curriculum in Ontario is far more radicalized than it was under the Liberals, if you can imagine. And Premier Ford and the man I call the Invisible Man or the Hollow Man, and Minister of Education, Stevie Lecce, is nowhere to be found on this file. And you know, with the Minister of Sport in Ontario is Neil Lumsden, CFL Hall of Famer, you know, he should, if anyone should have a realization that there is a difference between male and female athletes for obvious reasons, which is why we've 
separated males and females into their own divisions with the exception of auto racing and equestrian. And sports shooting. And sports shooting, I'll mm -hmm. grant you that. Um, it should be somebody like Mr. Lumsden who has played professional football. We've reached out to his office and to his, uh, you know, spokes thingy minions. Radio silence, despicable. Well, and it's a winning issue across, I think, yeah. all political parties. We saw this happen in the United States with Governor Youngkin. They flipped the state of Virginia, Correct. a deep Democrat state, a lot of government workers there. And this was the one issue. It yes. percolated up from the school board. It became a local issue that spread across uh, all political parties and it flipped the state. It's a winning issue for politicians who are brave enough to buck the trend and go with reality. But your man, Doug Ford, he's not, he's not bright enough? He ain't my man, Sheila. I don't know where you <laughs> got that one from. One thing I found out in the last five years is that there was a profound difference between Doug Ford and the late great mayor of Toronto, mm. Rob Ford. It's um, total polar opposites. But more to the point, Sheila, is this. We are told over and over again the number one prime directive when it comes to policies and what have you is um, public safety, right? And when it comes to public safety, you have a man, Ash Davis, playing against females and injuring them. Yes. There was a game against um, Stony Creek last year in which three women had to be carted off the field because of his tackles. You have, uh, we know of at least two women who have had to have uh, medical treatment due to concussions thanks to having a ball spiked off their head by one of the Seneca Sting male players. So two things. One is um, where's public safety? Because this is literally an unsafe environment when you mix men and women in contact and semi-contact sports. And secondly, if you really believe accommodating men who might be cheaters, who might be suffering from mental illness, I don't know, onto female sports teams. If you think that's an example of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm sorry, it isn't. It is garden variety misogyny. And I ask you, Sheila, where in blue hell is the feminist movement on this one? Yeah, it's weird that you are Canada's leading women's rights activist at this point. And that's not to take away from people like April Hutchinson, but... Who, who thought this guy <laughs> would yeah. be Canada's leading feminist at this point? It's unbelievable. I never envisioned this uh, myself. Uh, uh, next time I'm at an Andrew Dice Clay concert, I'm going to have to pinch myself because, yeah, I, I am doing my best to reach out to for real women. Something the feminist movement should be doing and something that the mainstream media in Canada should be doing. They're not touching any of this. And I think with either feminism or mainstream media, Sheila, it's one of two things. This is too third rail an issue, too hot to handle. They don't want to be condemned as transphobes or the both feminists today, the modern day feminists and the media actually believe in this rubbish that trans women are real women. They are that indoctrinated. I think there's a third option, too, and that is much of the mainstream media hold the same viewpoint as Justin Trudeau on many things, not just this, and a lot of that has to do with the contamination of the mainstream media 
with government money. And so you must agree with Justin Trudeau to survive and keep your job. Yeah, and we know where Justin Trudeau is with this. Um, he is totally down with the the radical transgender agenda. So you're right, if your sugar daddy is a fan of this, um, why are you gonna bite the hand that feeds? Again, that speaks to the inherent conflict of interest mainstream media is in by getting all this taxpayer-funded welfare to keep their sunset industry alive. Yeah, and even still, their sunset industry continues to fail, I think, because people have lost trust in them. Because you and I both know when we see a man wearing women's clothes and, yes. and you know, I don't care what they put for their pronouns. We know what it is, regardless of what the mainstream media says it is. Yes. Now, before I let you go, because the line is getting really quite long here, um, <laughs> Do you think things are changing? I, I, things in Rea in Alberta, we have a strong grasp of reality. Yes. I think that's what makes us different than the rest of the country. Are things changing? Do you think? I think they are, Sheila. Okay, it, it's baby steps. Um, Nina Luchka, the the swim mom, came out on camera on the record. And April's one of yours. She's from Ontario. Yeah, <laughs> and, there, and you've got April Hutchinson. Also, you have people in the various communities, including rugby and mm -hmm. volleyball and swimming that off the record are getting in touch with me. Yeah. They're too scared of cancel culture and I kind of get it, right? But the they are, uh, you know, giving me these tidbits of, um, you know, whether it's um, uh, Nicholas Sapita deliberately tanking. Right, we're getting these as tips. That's right. So people, there are whistleblowers inside. And it's people from within these right. sporting communities. That's the important thing. So all is not fine with them and we are getting tipped off about this and we'll continue to expose it uh you know i don't care this is all being you know really the contempt i have most of all is for the sporting authorities in the provinces and in canada allowing this to happen rugby world rugby to its credit in 2020 uh, they uh, were a, a trailblazer on this yeah. issue men cannot play with women. So why is Rugby Canada and Rugby Ontario violating this? Same with Swimming Canada and Swim Ontario. Um, world... Nope. You're in our shot. <laughs> Same with Swimming Canada and Swim Ontario. Why are they not following the mandate of the international governing body, World Aquatics, which last year created an other category yep. for trans swimmers. By the way, Sheila, I should point out at the World Swimming Championships in Berlin, Germany last October, that's when that other transgender category debuted. Guess what? Not a single trans swimmer showed up. What does that tell you? Maybe it's not about getting in the pool because this is total accommodation. Maybe it's about getting in the change room, getting into the shower with the other gender. Maybe this is more about perversion as opposed to inclusion in the swimming pool. That's what I think because this community has been asking for years and years and years, accommodate us. World Aquatics went out of their way to do so. And it was no sale with this community. You know, I should note that uh, David Menzies, you're not a dad of daughters. No. No, so you are just a man who still believes in chivalry. You know, like for me, it's a little bit personal being a woman, yes. but also being a, a mom of a couple of girls and one of them a high performing athlete. But for you, it's just good old fashioned chivalry and try as the feminist movement has to kill it. It's still alive. Sheila, my worst fear of all, if the pendulum doesn't swing 
because we're already seeing it with the female varsity volleyball mm-hmm. in Ontario, is that if we don't put an end to this madness, this transanity, what we're going to have in our lifetime is you're going to have the male varsity team, and then you're going to have the male varsity B team, which was formerly known as the female team, but these are the men that could not make the real men's team, and now it's men's team B. And what are the women? Well, I guess they can- Back to the kitchen for us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, maybe maybe they can be cheerleaders. Maybe that's their way of getting involved in sport. That's where this is headed. I don't want to see that. I want, you know, sports is is a healthy activity for everyone to embrace. And I can't believe the progressive leftists are really declaring war on female sports. Shame on them. Ship away, folks. David Menzies here with a once in a lifetime opportunity. I am inviting you to set sail on the high seas with the boldest, most unapologetic crew around the Rebel News team. Picture this. You, me, Ezra, Sheila, Alexa, cruising the Caribbean from March 23rd to 30th, 2024. Imagine the sun, the sea, and a boatload of free speech enthusiasts just like yourself. We've already got dozens of Rebel diehards signed up. Are you in? Please go to rebelnewscruise.com. That's rebelnewscruise.com to discover all the details and, of course, to sign up. Now, this isn't your run-of-the-mill holiday, folks. Oh, no, we're talking about a full-blown escape from the dreary wintertime, coupled with the chance to dive into some real talk. No-holds-barred conversations, fiery debates, and a chance to rub shoulders with fellow rebels. We'll be living it up on Holland America's MS New Amsterdam, Trust me, it is a top-notch ship. And it's not just about enjoying the luxury, the amenities, the excursions. Every evening, we're throwing exclusive cocktail receptions, dinners with our Rebel News team, and panels that'll really get those brain gears grinding. And here's the kicker. This is a truly exclusive, one-of-a-kind experience. Space is very limited for this epic journey, so don't delay. Secure your spot now. Go to rebelnewscruise.com and get the scoop on the onboard experience, the excursions, and of course, to reserve your spot. We can't wait to welcome you aboard and show you how we rebels like to party. Come to the portion of the show where I invite your viewer feedback. I know regular viewers of the show, this is boring and redundant, but we get new people here all the time and we have to tell them the rules. If you want to send me a letter, comment, feedback on the show, send it to Sheila at rebelnews.com. You see, unlike the mainstream media, we rely on you at home. And so if there's no you, there's no us. And so Don't you think that entitles you to tell me what you think about me and the work that we do here at Rebel News? That's why I give out my email address. Do you think anybody in the mainstream media, you think Rosie Barton's given out her email address? Come on. But uh, don't let that be the bar for entry. For example, uh, if you are watching the free version of the show over on Rumble or YouTube, by the way, if you are using Rumble, thanks for choosing a free speech platform. And if you are still on YouTube, I kind of appreciate you too over there because, uh, you know, like when 
when they don't want me somewhere, that's how you get more of me. And it's very clear <laughs> that YouTube does not want more conservatives over there. So, you know, those of you hanging on for spite, I get you and I appreciate you. And there are 1.6 million sets of eyeballs watching us over on YouTube. And that's why we continue to post there. A for spite and B because you're there. <laughs> it's the world's second largest uh, search engine. So why wouldn't we be there? I mean, it pains us to have to self-censor um, because the rules are so strict over there, but it is what it is. So leave us a comment there. And I, actually, that's where today's comment comes from. And it is actually not at all on the gun show. It is on a protest I covered Last week when I was in Ottawa, you see Kian Simone, our head of documentaries, and I are working on a documentary called Made, The Dark Side of Canadian Compassion, and it's about Made, medical assistance in dying, and the horror stories therein. Uh, you can see, we've got some video clips. Um, you can sort of see what we're doing so far. It's at madedocumentary.com, but unlike you know, basically every other documentary made in this country, we are not taking money from the federal government to do it. There will be no like made in conjunction with Telefilm Canada and thanks to a grant from the federal government. Uh, heck no. <laughs> so if you want to help us make this documentary and tell the stories um, of families that are dealing with the fallout of medical assistance in dying and tell the stories of the abuse of the medical system on these families... Uh, you can do that at madedocumentary.com. And thank you to everybody who donates to make, I think, this very important work possible. Uh, that's what the show was on last week. And you can sort of see Kean's experience as he comes from somebody who thought, you know, I believe in bodily autonomy. People can do sort of do whatever they want. And when they think it's their time, then it's their time. If they're sick or if they're dying or if they're suffering. And he has become radicalized over to my way of thinking. And I haven't proselytized him at all. It's just hearing from the people um, that has changed him to thinking that this is an absolute uh, horror uh, where the medical system has decided that it must replace God himself uh, to determine when people live and when they die and what we should do with their bodies. Uh, so anyway, you can, if you watched the show last week, you'll see Kian talk about his conversion. Um, but speaking of conversion therapies, how's that for a segue? Um, in, in Alberta, our premier, Daniel Smith, has decided, quite rightly, quite sanely, that we will not be medically transitioning kids with bottom or top surgery for transgenderism before the age of 18 and there will be no cross-sex hormones administered before the age of 16 and only with parents consent and activist teachers will not be transitioning your children socially behind your back calling little Susie uh, little Steve uh, and not telling the parents and that men have to play on men's teams and girls have to play on girls teams these are sane things if you have teenagers you know they can't drive till they're 16. And even then you're like, mm, I don't know if I want them operating a vehicle, depending on your child. I have one that I trust implicitly. And the other one, I'm like, nah, I don't know, not yet. <laughs> and, you know, they can't get their ears pierced without you. They can't get a tattoo without you. 
They can't go to the tanning salon without you. Although I'm not sure why you'd let a teenager go to the tanning salon. But, um, you know, like there's a million things that they can't do without parental consent. They can't rent an apartment. They can't vote, can't enter into a contract. But according to activists, they should be allowed to irreparably damage their bodies without parental consent because apparently the activists know your kids better than you do and they love your kids more than you. And if you have, you know, social conservative proclivities like me, then you couldn't possibly love your child more than the self-sterilized, blue-haired cat mom (laughs) that has never met your child. Sure. Um, Anyway, so I just took the very long way around (laughs) setting up this story. But while we were in Ottawa working on the made documentary, my premier, Daniel Smith, wouldn't you know it, she was in town. She was giving a speech and all the activist kookaloos were there to protest her, including Faye Johnstone. Faye Johnstone is the biological male who was the keynote speaker at the YWCA Women of Distinction Awards in Regina, of all places. And uh, he was also... uh, involved in Hershey's, the chocolate company, their Women's Day campaign. Anyway, uh, and that drew international mockery, by the way. And uh, I spawned a Jeremy's Chocolates <laughs> over the Daily Wire. So, you know, whatever. But Faye Johnstone, Ottawa activist, transgender activist, was there to protest one of the most successful and accomplished real women in the entire country, Danielle Smith. And uh, I covered the protests, and as an Albertan, I thought it was odd because it felt like these people don't know us at all. Like, do you really think that Albertans are considering the advice of the transgender Antifa mob in Ottawa before we cast our votes for our premier? You know, like I'm looking at tax policies and um, education and property rights and gun rights and, uh, you know, green schemes. I'm looking at all those things and parents' rights before I cast a ballot. But then I stop and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. remember the anti-convoy lunatics in Ottawa? Wonder how they would like me to think. Let me throw out what's best for my family and sit down and listen to that uh, masked maniac out there protesting Danielle Smith. That's the sober second thought we need. Are these people crazy? Have they ever met an Albertan? Do they know why we fight with Ottawa? Why we feel culturally distinct from the rest of the country? I never felt more culturally distinct than when I was being shouted at <laughs> from across the street by uh, a Franken female named Faye Johnstone whipping the crowd up (laughs) against me and Kian, uh, telling me to go F myself on the microphone, the megaphone that she was blaring. He was blaring. I'm sorry. I don't mean to use the wrong language. I I mean to exist in reality. But anyway, I covered that protest. You can see it. It's on uh, Rebel News YouTube and over on Rebel News Rumble. And today's comment comes from the comment section on Rumble of that story. It's from Multivalent. Says, 
I have no idea how people could become so insane in a country like Canada. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Anyway, when I was 17, I used fake ID to get a tattoo that I regretted for years until the laser technology had advanced enough for me to get it removed when I was 38. Yeah. And you, it's laser therapy. It's invasive. I've lightened a tattoo so I could cover it. Um, because like you, uh, and, and I was 18, 19, 20 maybe, I got a tattoo. I didn't like it. And I am a tattooed lady. I, They're not to everybody's tastes. And I understand that. So I don't have them out all the time. But yeah, I was like a fully grown adult with a child and a mortgage and a car payment. And I later on, I was like, what, what, do, what do I have on myself? And I had it lightened so that I could cover it. And that was easier than just getting it taken all the way off, to be frank. It was very painful. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like I was a fully functioning adult and I still made decisions that I regretted and on my body. And at least it, it was just a painful undo. If you cut your junk off, there's no laser therapy to put it back on. In fact, the current bottom surgery the levels of dissatisfaction with it are through the roof, through the roof. It's, it's just not there yet. I'm not sure it'll ever be there. Anyway, let's keep going. Like it actually added to depression episodes that I would go through. Oh, I was never like that. I just was like, what have I, what was I thinking when I got this thing? Anyway, imagine now a 17 year old that gets their dick cut off and grows to regret it. That is going to be some major lifetime trauma to contend with. It's absolute insanity what this one group is promoting. I actually believe any doctor that performs bottom surgery to anyone, no matter their age, is immoral. I wouldn't argue with you at all on anything there. Um, I, I don't think that a solution to a mental problem is a physical intervention. And that is why people who undergo gender transition, as if that's a thing you could do, it's cosmetic surgery, but people who undergo this experience rates of suicidality much higher after the surgery, rates of depression much higher after the surgery, because you're not actually treating the reason why they feel that way. You're just making a cosmetic change that doesn't address what the underlying issue is. And I think it is so inhumane. And I worry. I worry about those people. I, I, I truly do. I, I don't think that the, the activists and I are far away from each other on the issue of the suffering of these people, psychologically speaking. I just have a different solution, um, one that is less invasive and more honest with them. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And as always, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.